and welcome back to another MCAT Master interview. In these interviews, we basically just talk with MCAT top scorers so that we can find out what strategies help them the most in their process and hopefully inspire you as you're studying. Even top scorers have struggled with the MCAT, but they managed to increase their scores to competitive levels and we want to show you how they did it so you can do it too. And with that, I'd like to introduce you to Kaylee Herring. Kaylee, thanks so much for joining us and welcome to the series. Thank you, Monica. Thanks for having me. Of course. Awesome. Well, we're really excited to hear from you. Before we launch in, here's a little bit of background information on Kaylee. So when Kaylee first started studying for the MCAT, she was worried that she wouldn't have enough time to study and was overwhelmed by a busy schedule on top of preparing for the exam. And then all of this culminated in her scoring a 498 at the beginning of her prep, which was definitely not as high as she wanted it to be. So going forward from there, she began to focus on developing efficient study strategies and was able to raise her score to an astounding 514 by her test date. That's a 16 point increase, which is extremely impressive. So in this interview, we're just gonna dive into understanding exactly how she studied, how she scheduled her prep, what strategies she used for each section, and so much more. So with that, let's get started. Kaylee, why don't you just start by telling us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, sure. So I study life sciences, so I have a very busy major, and that contributed most to the scheduling conflicts that I had going into the MCAT. But it was also super helpful to have some of those classes. But unfortunately, I didn't have the background in biochemistry and sociology, mm -hmm. which is something I really had to focus on in my prep. Yeah, definitely. Background makes a huge difference sometimes, so it can affect like what areas you need to study on and what you feel good in and everything. So in regard to the MCAT, what made you want to become a doctor? Well, my mom is an occupational therapist, so I've always grown up seeing the healthcare side of things, and I was fortunate enough to have some great mentors throughout my childhood, and being a doctor has always been my dream, and it's incredible to have used MCAT Mastery to get the score I wanted, and I'm looking at going to med schools next year, and it's, it's exciting. That is so exciting. Yeah, once the MCAT's done, that's when all the fun stuff begins. <laughs> so let's talk about the MCAT, like your MCAT experience. Where were you when you first started prepping? Like what was going on in your life at that time? Let's see, lots of school. I had, I had about 20 credits. Um, I had some student clubs. I had some extracurricular sports, trying to balance that with family. And then on top mm -hmm. of studying for the MCAT, it it felt overwhelming, I'm not going to lie. Yeah, definitely. So you were in school when you started studying. Yes, I was a junior in my undergraduate. Okay. So did you take the MCAT this past summer or was it? This spring. I took it in March. Okay. So I was actually the last full test before COVID-19 kind of messed with the schedule. Okay, I was going to ask. That's good. So you got to take yes. the full length exams. Yes. Okay, not got to, but good to know. Yeah, because the like, exams shortened now. So when you started studying, did you have a certain score goal that you were trying to reach? My pre-med advisor always told us that we needed to score above 510 to be really competitive. So my score goal was above 510. Okay, that's a pretty good score goal, you know, for the school, all the schools and looking at all of that. So when you started, you were scoring around 498 or where were you, I guess? Yeah, I was in the high 400s, the next couple tests, the low 500s. It was really frustrating for me because I really felt like I had a strong grasp on the content, but I definitely wasn't there where I needed to be with the test taking strategies. Yeah, definitely. So you started your study schedule with content at first? Yes, yes. Early on, I was doing a lot of content, a lot of flashcards. 
Um, the Kaplan books were really helpful, watched videos online. That's all good, but the biggest thing I took away was that the earlier you start practice questions, the better off you're going to be. And that's something I would change if I were to go back and redo my study schedule. Yeah, definitely. It's important to have the content background, but the strategy and practice is super important as well. So what was your study schedule like in regard to like what you did each day, I guess? Yeah, so the majority of my studying I did on the weekends. It was tough to set aside friends and all of that for a couple months, but this, mm -hmm. like you said, it's been a goal of mine for a long time. So for a couple of months, weekends were exclusively MCAT. I would use my Saturdays to take a full-length practice test. Leading up to the test, I had about six weeks where every Saturday I'd sit down and take a full-length practice test with the same time intervals, same everything. Mm -hmm. And then on Sunday, I would spend the entire day reviewing it. And that's another huge thing that I would say in your prep is you need to review your practice test thoroughly, not just go over what you got wrong, but also what you got right and why you got it wrong and why you got it right. So I would use the rest of the week then to, if I couldn't finish my review on Sunday, it would lead over into Monday, I'd finish it up. And then every night after I finished my schoolwork, I'd sit down and do at least 50 discrete practice questions. And that was my study schedule in the weeks leading up to the MCAT. Wow, yeah, that's awesome. Definitely lots of full-length practice tests, which is, you know, something we usually recommend. So that's awesome. So what kind of materials and resources did you use, especially in regard to the full-lengths and all that? Yeah, so Kaplan has a free full-length and also a free half-length. So I used both, mm -hmm. of, both of those. And then AAMC has four full-length. It might be different now that they changed it for COVID. But when I was taking it, they had four full-length practice tests. Those are like gold, so I would use those only when I felt like I had really learned new content. And mm. then in the interim weekends, I would use whatever I could find. There were a couple of websites if you just search like full-length MCAT. There's a couple websites that offer some good ones, and some have better than others. But <laughs> Really, for me, it was just sitting down and getting used to being in a testing mode for that long. Oh, yeah, definitely. Testing endurance is, like, super important, so. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you said some of the tests were, like, not lower quality, but maybe just not as representative. Do you want to yeah. expand on that a little bit, maybe? Yes. Yeah. So, certain companies, like, if you take a Kaplan test, it's written, you can tell it's written a little bit differently than how AAMC writes theirs. I found that the other... Ones I've taken definitely tested on more discrete knowledge and they were very specific questions, mm -hmm. whereas AAMC is more interested in how you can apply relatively, relatively simpler concepts. But yeah. it's still good practice to do those test questions for sure. Right. Practice is practice, but... <laughs> practice is practice. Of course. Um, were there any other resources that you used other than the practice tests that you would recommend? The test bank, the AMC test banks, you can use those. Mm -hmm. That's, I use those question packs to make my own full length tests when I started to run out of tests. Oh, wow. How did you go about that? That's really cool. So I just, there's 59 questions in each section, right? So I would just take a couple from the chemistry pack, a couple from the biology. The, the ratio wasn't really specific. It was more, did I have the correct amount of questions for each section? And that's mm -hmm. what I used them for. And they might not be like the same content distribution of testing, but again, it practices practice. Yeah. And you would time it when you took it 
Yep, so. I'd time it on my phone because I knew by that point I had taken so many <laughs> tests. So I was pretty familiar. Yeah. Um, but yep. Yeah, that's really smart. I, I've never heard that. That's so cool. And again, like endurance, like you could do the section packs like one at a time, but again, it's building that endurance, especially for the eight hour exam. Yes, <laughs> yes. So at the start of your prep, we've kind of talked about, you know, you were kind of doing, having struggles because you had focused on content and you had to transition to strategy. So was that one of your biggest challenges or? It was definitely one of my biggest challenges because when I was reviewing my earlier tests, when I was getting those low scores, like the 490s, low 500s, I would review it and I'd be like, wait, I knew the answer. I knew this content. I knew this piece of knowledge. I just didn't know that's what the question was asking. And once I was able to kind of get through that, that was a big turning point in my prep. Yeah. What helped you get through that? One thing that really helped me was meditation. That was something I had never considered, yeah. but then there so many advocates of it through <laughs> MCAT Mastery. I was like, you know, I'm going to give it a try. What do I have to lose? And that really helped keep my mind centered while I was taking the test so I could just focus on that and kind of block everything else out. And so I definitely recommend that. Yeah. So you did it like during the exam, like a couple seconds of just like, clearing your mind before a question or do you mean like outside of the exam outside of the exam so oh. I tried to make it a habit to do it to meditate every 10 minutes like for 10 minutes every day and then during nice. the exam itself before I would click start on each section I take a deep breath calm focused hit start and then get rolling <laughs> yeah exactly both types are super helpful especially like you can go into panic mode when you first start the exam so just having that moment of like peace and quiet in your mind. That's awesome. Were there any other challenges that you like ran into during your prep? I guess not, the big other challenge I would say would be just managing time. Like I said, I had to make a lot of sacrifices. Your friends are going out. Um, there's other <laughs> classes you have to study for. I had exams and other classes and right. it's really prioritizing and just managing time well. But once I kind of got in the rhythm, you kind of get used to it um, and you know it's only temporary and it will pay off and it's definitely worth it. Yeah, definitely. But how many months like did you study for your exam? I think it ended up being about three to four. So I okay. took my first full-length practice test in November, and then my actual test was in March. Okay, very cool. Just curious about that because, like you said, you're a full-time student. So if it had been like one month, that would have been crazy. So <laughs> yeah, three months seems like a solid, three to four months, a very solid amount of time to like be doing all of that, especially with your other classes and extracurriculars and everything. So you kind of mentioned this already, but was there anything, I guess, during your prep that you wish you had done a little bit differently other than the content strategy? I wish I would have taken my first practice test sooner because then I would have gotten an idea mm. of, for what I was studying for. Right. And I think that would have helped put me closer on track earlier on. Yeah, just having that like initial diagnostic. Yeah, kind of absolutely. Yeah. Did you find, we find this sometimes that you did your AMC like practice tests closer towards the exam or did you distribute them in any specific way? I took the first AMC one. That was the second one I ended up taking. And then I would space them out. I saved the fourth one until the week before my real exam. 
And then what I ended up getting on the fourth one was actually exactly the score I got. So that yeah. was really, it, it really is representative of how mm. you're going to do. So I would definitely recommend taking those seriously and saving them how you feel appropriate in terms of timing. Yeah, that's great advice. And they are super representative and you don't want to be, you know, surprised on your test date. <laughs> no, you don't. Um, that's awesome. Very cool. So I guess in regard to our listeners, and there's probably a lot of people right now who might have maybe are starting studying and are very unsure about the process and what's going on. Do you have any advice for them, just general advice for how to go about it and what to do to, you know, get through this? Yeah, no, it's definitely, it's daunting when you first, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very ambiguous thing to study for, but I think if you take a diagnostic test, you can kind of see what you're studying. What helped me, there's a lot of pre-med communities online, like if you look on Reddit and some sites like mm -hmm. that, people kind of sharing their best practices, mnemonics for certain concepts, study guides, they were like handwritten. I thought that was really helpful and it also made mm -hmm. me feel connected to others who were going through the same thing. Yeah, even just like a support system. <laughs> Yes. I mean, these people are online, but they are, you know, they're going through the same thing that you are, which is comforting. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So let's talk about your score itself. So you got a 514 overall. Amazing. Very impressive. And your high score was a 130 mm -hmm. in psych -soch, which is awesome. So can you just expand a little bit more on how you studied for that section in particular? Yeah, that one, that was my favorite section, interestingly <laughs> enough. I just, I find psychology very interesting. And like I said, I didn't have a sociology background. So I really focused on gathering those concepts through the sources that I had. And how I studied for that was I read the Kaplan psych book in detail, took notes, did all the questions throughout it. And then once I had that, I took, when I was taking my practice test, whenever I got something wrong, I'd look it up and then I'd look up all the other answer choices too. That's really important because mm -hmm. then more than likely, you're not gonna see the same question on the concept you missed, but you're gonna see something else in the answer choice bank. And after I had taken enough tests, I was kind of starting to get a feel for the kind of questions they would ask in that section. I became more comfortable with it. Yeah, that's awesome. So do you think the fact that you enjoyed it contributed at all to like how well you did as well? I think so. I mean, <laughs> I definitely enjoyed the biology section too. That's my favorite in terms of content. And then the yeah. chemistry, not so much. So I guess to an extent, but at the same time, whether you enjoy it or not, they're going to test you on it. So, <laughs> Right. You can't prevent that, but yeah. maybe it'll help you find it a little bit more interesting, at least, because there yeah. are passages. Yeah, well, that's a perfect segue. You got a 129 in BioBio, bio, also awesome score. So how did you study for that? What did you like about it as well? I'm definitely a nerd at heart. I find <laughs> all the biology incredibly interesting, um, especially the cell biology. Yeah. How I studied for that was Khan Academy videos on mm -hmm. YouTube, and they explain biological processes really well. They have great diagrams and that, and I'm a very visual learner, so that really helped me and that was my main source of content for that section. Yeah, and you would just watch the videos and go through those, maybe take notes. Yep. Very cool. It's as simple as that. Um, that's awesome. And there's a lot of figures and stuff in that section as well, so for visual learners, like, very important to yep. figure out what's going on with those. All right, so for ChemPhys, you said you didn't enjoy that one as much, um, but you still did pretty well in it. So how did you do that? 
I don't enjoy physics as much. That's why I say okay. that I really don't enjoy that <laughs> section. But for that, it was learning, brushing up on the equations because I hadn't taken mm-hmm. general chemistry in a couple of years. And then once I got the equations down, then seeing the questions, they're like identifying keywords that are associated with those equations. So if I, I can't think of a specific example right now, but <laughs> if <laughs> it's, okay. it's been a while, thankfully, <laughs> um, but if I, they started talking about something a certain way, I, you could kind of lead yourself to, okay, what did they give me? And what simple equation do I have that could solve this problem? Because mm-hmm. I, one problem I had is I would just make it way too complex and they're not looking for that. It will always be something relatively simple. It's just knowing how to identify that. Yeah. And that can even be general advice too for that section. Like the answer is somewhere in the passage. Like yes. it's always remember that. So mm-hmm. yeah. That's just great advice overall for any section, especially the science-y ones. Yeah, so in regard to cars, the final section that we're going to talk about, what did you think about that section? How did you study for it? Did you enjoy that one as much or? Yeah, so I'm not going to say I didn't enjoy it. Um, <laughs> and I know I know it's a notoriously hard section. Um, mm-hmm. And what's most frustrating for me is that I actually was scoring a lot higher on cars in my practice tests than I did on the actual exam day. So I felt like it kind of depended on what passages you're handed, but that's just... I mean, that is what it is. Um, And you can definitely, you can study for cars. Just because you can't study content doesn't mean you can't study strategy. I tried a couple Mm -hmm. different things. I would try not reading the passage at first and then reading the questions and trying to go back. Um, I would try reading the passage quickly and then trying to answer the questions. But then what I ultimately found worked for me, and this is different for everyone, but I found if I took the time to read the questions, read the passages, and kind of picture myself as the author. Like, okay, I may not find the history of this obscure country very interesting, but I am writing this now, and I find it extremely interesting, and this is how I feel about it. And that helped me kind of take on that perspective to get me in the mindset to answer the questions. Yeah, that's great advice, because a lot of the questions can be tricky about that kind of stuff, right? Like, asking what would the author agree with and all of that so yep very tricky (laughs) right so making sure that you understand really what they would and wouldn't say is important yeah and there's a lot of different strategies for cars so I'm glad you mentioned several of them and and that it is individualized to each person as well which is true yeah so walk us through your MCAT day now so you got to the exam you had been preparing a lot with practice tests and everything so how did you feel yeah, I, my test day, it was actually good. It was, like I said, I'd been taking a lot of full-length practice exams, <laughs> and I purposely put them on Saturday because my test day I knew was on a Saturday. Yeah. I was wearing the same thing that I wore to my actual test, so I tried to make everything as easy as I could leading up to the test to keep my, just kind of keep calm. So got to the testing center, checked in, put my stuff in my locker, did the whole palm scan thing, which was kind of (laughs) neat. And then once I got in, put on, I would recommend they have 
they have big headphones or they had earplugs, at least in the testing center I was in. Mm -hmm. I recommend the little earplugs because for me that was most comfortable, but that'd be something I'd think about ahead of time. And <laughs> the couple days before my test, I've watched some YouTube videos. There's some people who blog on like their test day experience and kind of, we kind of get a feel for what to expect, what not to expect. And it was very straightforward once I actually got there, which was nice. Yeah. And opening up the exam, like how did all of that feel? It felt good because I knew I had done as much as I could with the time I had and the resources I had to prepare. And it was, I called it to all my friends. I was like, it's game day. You know, it's time <laughs> to perform. I have all the tools and it worked out. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great way to think about it, like thinking about all of those months of preparation that you'd done beforehand and being confident, like you're there. Yeah, so how did you feel once you were done walking out of there? It was a little surreal. I was like, wow, <laughs> I, I just... I just finished my MCAT. That's, that's pretty cool. Um, and then the weeks after that, I just, I tried to keep my, well, I had plenty of schoolwork to keep me busy, <laughs> tried not to think about it. Um, and then before I knew it, scores were out and I wasn't surprised by my score because I knew based on my last practice exam, kind of the range I was going to fall in. Yeah, that's awesome. So you had like kind of an idea <laughs> of what you were going to get, but how did it feel regardless? <laughs> It felt good. It was yeah. definitely, the MCAT is definitely a huge hurdle in the pre-med journey, and it, it feels good to have been rewarded for the work that I put in. Yeah, it's a huge, like, it can be a huge obstacle, so being done and having done well, like, can't feel, it has to feel good, you know? It's good. Uh, it still feels good. <laughs> yeah, to this day, still feeling good about it. So what are your plans for the short and long-term future? Where are you going to be in five to ten years? Um, probably, you know, something medical school related, but just in general. Yeah, so right now, like I said, I just submitted my applications going into awesome. the interview process at the moment, and then hopefully by spring, I'll know where I'm going and in terms of five years, I'll just be finishing up. Ten years, hopefully I'll be in a surgical specialty. That's always been the plan, but I'm wow. excited to see where this journey is going to take me. That's so awesome. We're really excited for you too, and you're done with the MCAT, so <laughs> you get to do all the fun stuff now. Awesome. Well, do you have any last-minute nuggets of advice or thoughts to leave with people who are taking the MCAT now? Um, if you're taking the MCAT now, don't be discouraged if it starts out rough. It does get better. It takes a lot of work, but once you figure out the strategies that work for you, you won't be disappointed. And it's a really rewarding experience, and you learn a lot about yourself as a student and a person. Definitely. Thanks so much for saying that. And I think that's all we have time for. Thanks so much again for joining us, Kaylee. And good luck with everything going forward. And thanks so much to all of our listeners. Good luck studying, everyone. Hey, everyone. This is Monica again. And before you go, I just want to remind you that if you're not receiving our daily free MCAT strategy and success story emails yet, definitely be sure to sign up for those at mcatmastery.net slash free course. In addition to that, if you feel like you might need personalized help with the exam and would like to have an MCAT mentor kind of 
look at your situation and help you identify exactly what's holding your score back, you can look into that too at mcatmastery.net slash mcatmentors. And lastly, and most importantly, we just want you guys to know that you have what it takes to succeed on this exam. We know the MCAT is intimidating, and when you get a score that's lower than you expected on a practice or on the real thing, it's so easy to feel discouraged or frustrated or even hopeless about the exam. We get it. A lot of us have been there. So we want to give you the guidance that we wish we'd had when we were in your shoes. And that's what these interviews are for. That's what our emails are for. We want you guys to be able to feel confident again. And most importantly, be able to see that med school admission is possible. And it's not out of your reach at all. So thanks again for listening. And remember that every top scorer, every med student, and every doctor made it through this journey. So you can do it too. You guys got this.